Brad and Jeff shouldn't have a podcast. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend. Welcome to Brad and Jeff shouldn't have a podcast. I'm Brad Pahigian. And I'm Jeff Andres. Absurd, moronic, and downright ridiculous is brought to you by Kinfolk's award-winning barbecue, a taste from the deep down South. They're smoking up your favorites like pulled pork, beef brisket, chicken, and ribs. They also offer delicious Granny's Fried Chicken, which will be available for delivery very soon. You can check out the Taunton location online at kinfolksbbqma.com or on Facebook, Kinfolks Smoking BBQ. The Easton location website is eatkinfolks.com or on Facebook, Kinfolks Barbecue, which is BBQ and fried chicken. And Jeff, we have a special offer and promotion for our listeners this week. So Kinfolks Barbecue was gracious enough to provide a $100 gift card to the channel that will be given away this Saturday on our live sports Saturday, which is our live Facebook broadcast. This takes place on Saturday, this Saturday the day before the Super Bowl, from 8 p.m. to 9.30. We have a post on our Facebook page to be entered. Just go ahead and like or react to that post. You'll know it when you see it. There's a big graphic, and then you'll be entered in, and we'll do a live giveaway on Saturday night, so you don't want to miss that. Yeah, don't want to miss it. It's going to be good. Food's amazing, so everyone click that like button. Absolutely. Best barbecue in New England, hands down. Hands down. Hands down. All right, Jeff, let's get into it. A Soul Cycle instructor got the COVID-19 vaccine in New York City because she argued that she's an educator. So Stacy Griffith sort of skipped the line and misrepresented herself as an educator, even though she is a Soul Cycle instructor, so that she could get the vaccine. And I will tell you, Ms. Griffith does not appear to have any ailments. She is 52, but looks 42. She's in ridiculous shape. Ridiculous. But, you know, because she is a instructor to the stars like Madonna, Kelly Ripa and Brooke Shields, she feels that she's better than all of you. So she actually had to drive like an hour or however she got there to Staten Island to obtain this vaccine. And (laughs) this is just really disturbing because there's so many people that are not able to get this vaccine. There are, you know, now in, I think in New York, it's 65 plus, but I know in Massachusetts, it's 75 plus. And so, you know, there's people that need this, that can't even get it. And so it's pretty disturbing that she has this attitude about like, she's doubled down, you know, defending this. What did you think about this story? I was really mad when I actually read this story, uh, just because what you said, I mean, I know from Things I see here on social media in Massachusetts, people saying I can't find anything or I've been trying for 19 hours and I can't find anything. So then for her to just walk into this place and get it, um, not only am I mad at her, I think it's a joke, but the system itself, it's like, how is she able to obtain this? How, like, shouldn't she have to like prove why she's getting it? Like, why, why do you get to skip the line? I don't understand why there's no checks and balances so that people can't just walk up and say I'm an educator. And, what does that mean? Does that mean every personal trainer gets to skip the line for the old people? But other people that have like serious ailments, like like cancers and and things like that, that 
you know, God forbid they have to go to the hospital. They're at a, uh, an increased risk and this clown's getting it. It's it, it just sickening, to be honest with you. And so someone had brought this up to Mayor Bill de Blasio in one of his press conference recently, and he didn't agree with this either, although he didn't seem to be taking it seriously because he was laughing about it. But he basically quoted says, I don't think someone who shows up and says, hey, I'm a soul cycle instructor uh, should have qualified unless there's some sort of factor there. That should have been caught in the application process, is what uh, Mayor de Blasio said. And then David uh, Chokshi, he's the commissioner of the city for the Department of Health. And he added that anyone that shows up at a testing site that does not meet the requirements should be turned away. And he insisted that eligibility eligibility is being checked. And a quote is, every person must attest to their eligibility on the application. Once they're actually at the site, they have to be able to prove their eligibility with some sort of documentation. So we all know that's that's a lie because I would highly doubt that she pulls out some sort of uh, certificate of uh, being a soul cycle instructor that someone's like, okay, that's great. Yeah, you're an educator. Like that seems ridiculous to me. And this process obviously failed. Oh, yeah. And and even if you do have to, you know, uh, show proof of why you're getting it. Obviously, there's a squeaky wheel there that either looked the other way or maybe got a little handout uh, from her because you know, Free soul lessons. cycle. Yeah, soul cycle of the stars. I bet she she makes probably a good amount of coin. Um, so yeah, this is a joke. The whole process needs to be reviewed because if it's happening there, it's happening everywhere. And uh, maybe this is too maybe this is too rude. But I wouldn't give her the second dose. I'd tell her. <laughs> got the first one now you're screwed you have to redo it when you're eligible when you're eligible you can get it but for now i would love deal. to have seen like how that interaction went down like so she's her title is senior master instructor at soul cycle like like i don't know if that's what she said there's no way she said that so i guarantee you she just said she's an educator and i'm sure nobody is you know actually asking for documentation because to be honest with you like these people are like nurses and like, you know, medical assistants. They're not, they're not like, they're not trained to like check. Like that's the other thing. Like there's no training process for like it. It's it, I assume at least it's primarily, you know, based on the honor system. Like nobody is like, there's no official document, you know, that, no, you're, that we, you're providing to validate that. Which it probably should be. I mean, there should be another thing. They, they shouldn't be dealing with it. But by the time it gets to the nurses and the, the assistants, like, the, the whole vetting process should be done. Correct. That, exactly. So it, yeah, you're right. When you're signing, whoever's doing the online, like reviewing those online applications, that's where it, like something needs to be checked, not the person administering the vaccine. Right. Because I mean, these poor nurses, doctors, assistants, like these people by now, it's a year in, they're burnt out. You know, they're dealing with this all day. They're not going to go. They, they don't have time in the day. I mean, they're supposed to push these things out as they come in, you get rid of them because they want everyone to be quarantined. So they don't have time to go through an application, read it. No, they're going to stick your arm, put a bandaid on you and tell you to get out of line. Correct. Like there's, 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 they can't go review your application to see if you're legit. It's not their, it shouldn't be their job. You know, it shouldn't be their job. Agreed. And she, she's still defending this and even like doubled down on the way she's like defending this, but she did delete the Instagram post but she's still saying, I hate controversy. It saddens me that people go so dark and mean. I'm really just trying to do the right thing and be safe. And then she talked about how she got the vaccine to show people that it's safe. Like she's 
like because she's such an important person that people will, that need it will go and get the vaccine because the soul cycle instructor got it. It's absolutely insane. Like in you just to understand like the amount of privilege here, she was teaching uh, this summer, she was teaching classes outdoors in the Hamptons. So I think that tells you all that you need to know here. Yeah. She, she's no fool. She, she knew how to cheat the system. She did. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to somehow we found someone that is more disturbed than this woman. <laughs> a, a man had sexual relations with his pet chickens in his basement while his wife filmed, which caused them to die as a result. He had his three-year jail term reduced by eight months on appeal. Yes, you heard that correctly. I'm not sure the pronunciation on this, Jeff, but uh, Rihan Beg is his name. He's 37. This was in the UK. He, by the way, not in addition to intercourse with animals, chickens and dogs, apparently, there's also charges of indecent photographs of children, which isn't really mentioned as much in this article, uh, but is even more troublesome, I suppose. Now, again, I don't know what that standard is in the UK. I, I don't think it reached, uh, you know, the levels that you typically see. I, who knows? But this is the more you read this story, the more sick you get. And you even look at the quotes from the judges that were involved in this case, and they were disturbed as well. What were your thoughts on this? Oh, so the whole thing was disgusting. Um, your wife filming you having sex with chickens. Like, I don't understand. I can't wrap my head around that at all. Why you were having relationships with your pet animals and your wife was cool with it. Um, I was also very disturbed that his sentence got knocked off because the, the child charges alone. I mean, don't even get me started. I don't think that guy should even be in the prison system. He should probably be six feet under for things like that. So I don't think he should have got out of jail early. I don't think he should have got bitten in jail at all. Uh, I won't go into my, I mean, I think you can kind of get my drift of what I think about child, uh, child predators. Um, well, and you know what, but, Jeff, like ultimately maybe this doesn't matter because, you know, maybe, maybe he doesn't make it perhaps. Cause I, I can only hope I know he was, he was out at one point, but I, I think he's still incarcerated at this point because so this was originally from a couple years ago, I think. But I'm I'm shocked that he was not like shanked or something, you know, while behind bars. The the wife's sentence was six months and that was suspended. So she did not have to actually serve time here. But like this is just extremely disturbing. So all of the chickens died. I mean, obviously, but obviously like yeah. this is there's just like dead chickens all over. And one of them that he had assaulted was already dead. And like the whole thing is just extremely disgusting. And like one of the judges said, um, quote, would make any right thinking member of society sick to their stomach end quote. And another one depraved, perverted and despicable simply beyond, beyond comprehension end quote. I just don't know why his sentence was reduced because Pretty much everybody finds this extremely horrifying. I don't know if COVID had anything to do with this, but 
he must still be behind bars for a while, Jeff, because they didn't even execute the search warrant until July of 19. So it's been what, like, it's only been a year and a half, right? Yeah. Since that point. So maybe he won't make it out. Maybe the prison system will will, uh, have some hard justice here, but I, I don't, I don't even know what to say. And I, you know, I also, you know, don't want to be too graphic here. We try and keep this as PG 13 as possible, but Holy crap. It's a lot. I mean, and I guess maybe the article is vague. Like it got a sentence knocked down for maybe the animal part, but you just read the crimes. It was, you know, 49 images on his uh, computer of children, 11 in the most um, uh, most serious category, which I don't know what it means in UK standards, but I mean, right. We don't, and it says as young as six years old. So yeah, I mean, Maybe it's the article how it's written because in my mind it just means I, I took it as overall his sentence got knocked down, which it, would ha- terrify me that a person like this would be on the streets early. No, regardless of the chicken thing. I mean that's a whole separate thing. The kids thing. I mean, but uh, yeah, and that's a good very point. Very big. A lot of the details are surrounding the chickens, but when you read into it more, as you mentioned, there's there's children that were exploited here, and even mentioned a dog. Yeah. This dude, he's a danger to society in a lot of ways. To animals, humans, like he, this, he should never see the light of day. Agreed. In my mind, him or his wife. No, and that's a good point as well. But she, so she made an excuse. I don't know if you caught that part, but basically, she said that um, he was, you know, coercive and controlling. So, like, she was basically like doing this against her will. Obviously, they didn't really believe that because she did get a six-month suspended sentence. But I'm with you. Like this, she should have actually she should have served real time as well. Especially yeah. if you're putting just for the sheer fact that you're have children involved here. Yeah, like she didn't know that was involved. Like you're gonna tell me your your husband was you know making sweet sweet love to chickens in your basement, but you didn't know about his his pornography on his computer. I, I highly doubt it. If you're filming him having sex with chickens, you probably know everything that's going on. With oh him. yeah. Like she knows that he's a complete you're culpable psychopath. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Maybe you were coerced to videotaping. Uh, I might believe that because maybe he is, but like you could have ratted him out about the child pornography. So you should at least be go down for that. I agree. Unfortunate situation all around here. Yep. Definitely. Our next story is in Hong Kong. A man is engaged to a sex doll, and he says that she's easier to date than real women after lavishing her with expensive gifts, including an iPhone. So I guess this is uh, popped up in the news again. <laughs> Jeff, we've we've talked about uh, our, you know our friend uh, Yuri a couple of times previously, but uh, this is now uh, in Asia. This uh, gentleman is. Jie Tian Tian Rong is his name. Uh, He lives with his parents in Hong Kong. Shocker. Uh, But he uh, had been courting a a silicone doll for a while. Originally, he had he saw one and he uh, in a retail store, but he couldn't afford it at the time. That was uh, nine thousand British pounds, which is a lot of money. That that's what like more than double that in American dollars. And that, yep. so he couldn't afford the time, but uh, ultimately he was able to buy one online for a thousand British pounds. So he got a deal. Uh, her name is Mochi, which I, I think is not like a Japanese, like a uh, rice cake or something. I think, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I think so. 
so uh, this is uh, this is his new companion. They um, they don't have uh, relations or anything like that. Uh, he because he does not want to tear her skin. But basically, talks about you know how she's super low maintenance. Um, but I, you know, I found that a little contradictory, Jeff, because you know then he like buys her gifts, you know, including an iPhone. I'm not really sure what she's going to do with with an iPhone 12. What did you make of this? I'm I'm, I'm losing things to say on these topics. I mean, you think it was one the bodybuilder like we talked about, and now another one. I mean, this guy this isn't having relations. Um, I'm assuming our our, our friend Yuri you now with the broken Margot. Something's yeah. going on there, unless she had a cliff diving accident or something. <laughs> um, this is very interesting because he's like buying her expensive things like he went from not being able to afford one to now like buying it lives with his parents i mean i don't know too much about japanese culture but i'm surprised they allow him to have a, a doll that he's like dating in their house that i know you know those cultures have all about image and like image so i'm, I'm surprised that's that's allowed but um well, he's chinese and so they're in they're in hong kong which is a former uh you know, British property. So yeah. maybe they're a little bit more uh, progressive. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, I know of some places and I've heard some stories where like, you know, even if you go to jail, sometimes like your family disowns you cause it's like, you're just not worthy. So I, I don't know a sex doll as a girlfriend. I don't know where that falls in the category, but um, photos are hilarious too. Like them, like playing chess, uh, them like eating together, but apparently he's, um, she he's bought her 20 sets of clothing, 10 pairs of shoes. We mentioned iPhones. Like he's probably spent he spent more on her than the actual doll costs itself. He uh said that every night she sleeps uh I guess in a a chair next to him. He he bathes her with a damp cloth and then applies talcum powder. This and he also says, Jeff, that he's like only attracted to dolls now. I was just going to say that he's like, I've had human girlfriends before, but I'm only attracted to dolls now. My, one of my favorite parts, I think, is that because of his uh, affection for the doll, the manufacturer actually invited him to the factory. <laughs> and the gift that they gave him <laughs> was an extra silicone head. <laughs> I mean, all press is good press, so they're probably stoked. This guy's like <laughs> dating he, one of their products, so they're like, "Here, here's, here's a, a new swag bag. Here's a new head for your for your doll." Imagine being sponsored by a silicone doll making factory. You know, swag bag. <laughs> the only thing that gives me makes me feel a little bit better about this gentleman is that he says, "I used to like human. I used to have a human girlfriend. I like dolls now. So at least he can differentiate that this is not a living being. Like he he is." enough there that he's okay with dating the silicone doll but he knows that she's not real because yuri does worry me sometimes like where the line of does he think she's real or not this guy seems yeah. at least he knows that line so that, that's good to see yeah like i don't think he doesn't think she's real i think like no. there's he's not like a, a good dis- there's not a distortion of reality there there's no. it's definitely like a disturbing behavior but at least yeah at least he doesn't think like this is like, like he's married to her or anything like that. You know, they're engaged, but like, I think he knows like that they can't like really be married. At least I hope so. His wonder, quotes make me feel better than, you know, the last, than Yuri. He seems more with it, the, <laughs> which is not saying much, but he does seem more with it. 
I wonder what his parents think of this. As you know, you mentioned like, so like they live with his parents. So I would love to know, like, are they enabling this behavior? Because all the, like most of the photos are staged very well inside the home. So somebody's assuming somebody's taking these photos unless they're on tripod. What happens if his parents have dolls? Yeah. One of his parents separated, but they weren't able to. They're supposed to be married for life, so they know they both have doll companions, and that's how he got into it. There's just three humans, three dolls in that house. It's a I doll wonder, conspiracy. I wonder if we'll get a follow-up to this, like we have, you know, with Yuri's got quite the following now, it seems like, in the press. So maybe we'll uh, we'll have some some more details come out in the future about Jia and... Uh, mochi i think so because they bring they bring up at the bottom of the article they bring up yuri they said we've talked about they did yeah so i'm wondering if they're like going to keep up on this because they they know they already have because that yuri one was bit i saw that everywhere everywhere i saw that Uh, the british tabloids love this stuff but like they eat it up and i can't thank them enough for it (laughs) i know i can't thank them because we don't get this stuff over here without them so thank you keep it up we'll stay tuned we'll we'll let you know just like we did with yuri our next story is in Bratislava, Slovakia. I hear it's lovely this time of year, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Lovely. This is a wild story. So, and again, I apologize for the semi-graphic nature of this article, but this is exactly what happened. A woman performed a sex act on an armed robber that was holding up a gas station in order to detain him until police arrived to arrest him. My God. Uh, And so obviously there's really not names being used here, but there are direct quotes from the police department that handled this particular situation. What we do know is the thief was 24 years old and he had, uh, he had forced a staff member to hand over cash from the the register. And I guess this was in like very early hours of the day. So, you know, probably not too much going on here. However, this woman who is not believed to be an employee, I guess kind of like walked in to this situation and the, when the police showed up, they found her servicing the robber. Both of them were like naked on the floor. And the best part of this is this is the quote from the woman. When the police showed up, take him. I can't anymore. End quote. Jeff, sometimes we just, we may not deserve these heroes, but they're out there. What did you think of this? Uh, you couldn't have said any better. I was going to say, not all superheroes wear capes. Um, <laughs> the, the story is incredible. I mean, you see the guy gives money. Get, the, the employee gets punched in the face, runs to the back room. So this lady just goes for it. I mean, what is this thief thinking? I mean, obviously, obviously he didn't need the money that bad if you're going to stop for a quickie inside the station that you're robbing. Right. Um, it looks like, according to the report, too, after they were separated it looks like he uh, resisted arrest like i see the so he he was with it enough to realize he made the mistake but um i didn't think this was real i when i first saw it i'm like there's no way there's no way someone just does that i mean there had to have been something else you could have done distract him I, I don't know get a license plate like you don't like what what are you doing she uh she, i guess you know she was thinking pretty quickly on her feet here or or not on her feet in this i wonder if she's a stripper so she's like she's yeah like, like i don't know your powers what, activate 
you know, without like giving this woman's name, like, I feel like I need information here. Like, this is absolutely fascinating. You know, you see like everybody getting like a GoFundMe these days, Jeff. And, you know, a lot of times it's like super sketchy and not deserving, but hell, I'd throw some money towards this, this young lady. Yeah. I mean, she did stop a robbery. I mean, the, the employee didn't. So yeah, I don't know how much money it's the, I, I feel like they left out key components of this. Like how much money did he get? Cause like if he got like $40, like this is just absurd. Just let him take the 40 bucks. Right. Yeah. How like, much this did is a, he it's take? It's a shell to, station. Like, a shell I'm station. sure it's insured, you know, yeah. like I, I don't, I don't know if he was trying, that's the thing we don't know. We don't know if he had threatened this woman. We don't know specifically was he trying to rob her or as well but like as you just said like this woman just wants like if this guy just wants some loose cash in a cash register at a shell station like there's there's pretty much doesn't impact anyone whatsoever that's that's present especially i mean not knowing too much about this region i i can't imagine the, the till was hefty ever or that day so no, especially like, at that hour. I'm sure they lock that stuff up like like pretty getting? frequently, right? Yeah. So what's he getting? Like a hundred? I, I just I don't know. It's it, it just seems kind of funny. Like not that she's not a hero, but like to be the conspiracy there. It's like was she in on it in some way? Like I don't know. Is this like a thing? What that was she in on? on though? Like the guy got. <laughs> the guy yeah, got, but I wonder if they're like a couple that gets off on this stuff, like a Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, because I don't know. Possible. It's just weird. Or maybe she was held up, but they lost I hope track we get more time. deeds. <laughs> <laughs> know how long it takes for the police to get to the, the gas station for a robbery but it looks like they had enough time to get their clothes off so yeah that's hope, a good point hope we get more details you imagine me in the pol- imagine me in the police walking in on that and just be like what is going on here yeah i, I, can't, I can't imagine and i like how this the story says that he resisted arrest and they had to in quotes use force i i, I bet they beat the bag out of him are you re- yeah just, how do you resist arrest while you're naked too? Like, what? oh, it's probably painful. Naked on a on a gas station floor and you're just getting beat down. That's that's tough. Yeah, at least he probably gets a shower when he goes to jail. At least after and that. a good story for prison. So, absolutely. Yep. Although mm-hmm. maybe he's embarrassed a little bit. Like, it, I feel like I'm. It's kind of in between. It's like, yeah, I got busted, but I was like, I was with a woman. But at the same time, I got sidetracked and and got arrested while I was committing an armed robbery. <laughs> mm. maybe, maybe he'll get a cell phone in jail somehow and we can hear the next scoop. Yeah, I'd love to get more on this. But yeah. I, I think it was originally like on a Slovakian website. So we're, we're at the mercy of uh, translations here by, again, the uh, British tabloid. So yeah, let's go, Britain. On to national sports, which is brought to you by Jalen's Cafe. Uh, it's located in front of the Trukies in Middleborough, Massachusetts. Uh, they got a couple of Super Bowl specials coming up this week. Uh, they got 24-inch sub for $19.99. They have 40 flavored wings for $40. $1 uh, wing, not bad. And then uh, my favorite, buy two pizzas and get a free two liter of soda. Uh, give them a call today, 774-213-5153. All orders have to be in by 6 p.m. on Saturday um, to be ready for Super Bowl Sunday. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. All right. We'll start with some baseball and it's not really promising. I would say for major league baseball. So the major league baseball players union or players association rejected the league's proposal to delay this coming season. 
So the league originally wanted to push back the start of the season, but they could not come to an agreement. And there's a lot of other things involved in this, but the problem now that they're facing is spring training now is going to start in just about two weeks on February 17th with opening day still being April 1st. And to me, with everything that's gone on with the pandemic, this seems absolutely insane. The league wanted to push it back to a spring training start of March 22nd, which would have moved opening day to around April 28th, which would have seemed to make more sense. There were also some you know, discussion, as we've talked about before, about the DH uh, being in place, expansion of the playoff teams as well. But ultimately when anything like this changes and so it would have dropped the, the games from 162 to 154. That's why the players association would have to sign off and they have not. Jeff, what do you think about this situation? I think it's going to blow up in their face. The, the first thing um, I don't understand the reason. I mean, you're getting paid for a full season. I don't know why they wouldn't sign off on it. I mean, I don't see the, 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 the uh, negative to this. Your season starts a little bit later. I don't know what that means on the back end. I don't know if they're worried about that. It was only going to uh, be a week, a week later from my under, from the back end. Yeah. So it wouldn't have really affected that much from my understanding. So I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, it's hard to say without what the other side's saying. I, from reading this article and just looking at it, you know, at face value, I don't see the problem. It makes sense. And in, in two weeks' time, there's no way you're going to get all of them down there. Especially with, you know, half, so spring training is split between Florida and Arizona. So you have half the teams going to the Cactus League in Arizona, where Arizona is still, even though there's been some decreases in the last week or so, is still a hotbed for COVID. And it just, I can't imagine this is going to work out very well. I, some of the players that said were upset because they had leases in place, you know, for, for housing, but even the league, I guess, offered to, to help you know, with broken leases and things like that. I'm, I'm just a little bit surprised because to me, it feels like if this goes wrong, we're going to end up with another pause or something like we did this past season, instead of maybe just waiting out a little while. And, you know, as you mentioned, the, the league was still going to play, pay the players the full, their full salary, even though they were going to play 154 games instead of 162. So I, I don't understand that part. They they were also concerned, I guess, with the ability of the commissioner uh, to have, I guess, a little bit too much power, you know, with, you know, making changes and things like that. But even the league was willing to concede on that. So from my understanding, and, you know, it's really hard to pick sides in situations like this, but it seemed like the league was willing to make a lot of concessions to ultimately make the the, the players association happy. But they just, no matter what, they were not willing to give in, nor were they willing to offer any type of counter proposal whatsoever. So I really don't know how this is going to go. I would be shocked if this season goes off well. I think it's just going to be a huge disaster. Yeah, I agree. So especially, you know, worst case scenario, they go down there, COVID cases ramp up, you know, they're going to have to put a pause on everything. They're going to have to somehow get all those players back to their respective states all those people with COVID, like you're going to push your season back way back. We're going to push it back more, excuse me, by trying to go, go there now in two weeks, than just figuring it out and going later. I mean, what's going to happen 
if the player if the players so the players union st- stands pat and they go down there and something does happen and they have to pause they're probably going to feel it on their paycheck because if they have to miss too many games mlb is going to be like we tried you didn't listen to us now you're not getting paid for 162 now you're going to get paid for what we play and who knows what that is so this just seems kind of stupid like just swallow your pride like the commissioner is the commissioner he has he has he has power just get over it if you want to get paid just he's given you a good option. I mean, I feel like this is a win. Most leagues, if their commissioner offered them, this would take this because it's a smart thing to do. So you'd think so. And the thing too, that's been puzzling to me. And I talked about this last week as well is the, I don't understand why the league does not, I'm sorry, why the players union doesn't want a universal DH because it creates so many more opportunities for, for players that are, you know, not great fielders or, you know, on the back end of their careers. And, you know, in particular, like Nelson Cruz has made a career, a second, like a whole second half of a career being a DH. So now that limits him to available teams, another, you know, player that he can play the field, but you know, that I think would certainly plug in nicely is Marcelo Zuna has, you know, been linked to the Red Sox amongst a bunch of other teams, but that part, I don't understand it really makes no sense to me. I also don't understand why the, why the union wouldn't want expanded playoffs as well. It, I just, they're, they've offered really nothing. And that's, I think that the strange part, like yeah, the, the, the reasons that they've these like sort of reasons, like the league has then come back and addressed in this. So like, no. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, especially because like now the no DH thing or the universal DH saying no to that it's such like a like a old baseball like old timey stubborn like we're not changing the rules but like the players union's young like younger on the younger side now i mean there's a new generation taking over which you think would love that i mean not to bring video games into this but they have fernando tatis on the new baseball game and even in that he says sorry to you old baseball folks a new generation's here you better buckle up for the changes like even even mlb's promoting we have this new wave, but like you're still stuck in your old ways at the same time. So, um, yeah, it's that's a good point too, Jeff. Because this is something that's been talked about a lot is the the lack of a face for the, for the league. You know, you look at other sports, and there's a lot of recognizable stars. You know, but when you look at baseball, you know, up until recently, you know, with Tatis and you know, kind of what's gone on there, you know, you know, Mike Trout is a league MVP, but you know, the majority of the country, Mike, if you saw Mike Trout walking down the street nobody's going to recognize him whatsoever. And that, I think that's a big problem that, you know, the league has struggled with that other leagues don't, you know, you look at basketball and like it's LeBron and a million other people too, that are big, big time stars that are recognizable, even in hockey. Like people know like Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, and then you have a, a nice young crop as well. You know, granted, some of them play for Canadian teams, so that may hurt in that aspect. But, you know, people still know, you know, Ovechkin, Crosby. And in football, like, like you know, there's just, you know, like they're all household names, you know, Brady, Mahomes, Rogers, Breeze, all these guys. So I think the league is certainly suffering. We keep talking about how the game is too long and all this other stuff. And the more they just keep, you know, ending up in these situ- these types of situations that I, I think the, it's going to hurt the their viewership from the younger generation. And I, I'm not really sure what's going to happen if they have to, you know, hit the pause button for a month or something uh, that could be extremely damaging. Yeah. Let's, 
could be extremely and like you brought up the youth it's a good point they, they don't have a face to look up to like we talked about last on the live show about ken griffey you know him getting that job and what we remember of him like there's no face to that i mean i remember watching a show uh last year uh on the sports hub and they said they listed who's the, they put a face on the board and they said who is this guy and no one knew even maz who watches baseball and they go oh this guy led led the league in uh uh, batting averages here and who you know dj lemayu or so, was that like where they showed or i think it was like a dj lemayu year who's it, it was all the leaders and stats for that year for pitching fielding all that they listed 10 guys none of them knew any of them and they were all you know all stars that year whatever gold gloves nothing um so if they if they don't know the younger kids don't know and the more your, your season pauses like this kids are going to turn off to it like baseball starts like it's it's springtime but like basketball's here so people are going to keep watching basketball because they know who LeBron, like you said, LeBron is. Even the even the the new rookie like Zion, you know who kids knew who Zion was in high school, dunking on people. Like, you don't know about a baseball sure. prospect coming up in high school. Like when I look at the draft, I'm like, who are these people? It's like some catcher from Texas. Like it doesn't mean anything. There's no nothing. Right. Had, like, nobody cares. Nobody cares about the baseball draft either. <laughs> no. Like you know, so like, many Harper, issues. Harper Strasburg. Like you knew who Strasburg was. Like you knew. Who, Harper, like, um, what's his name? The Giants catcher. Oh, Buster Posey. Buster Posey. Like, I knew, you knew who they were coming out, or, um, but it just, they've lost it along the they way. They only have a certain amount of recognition, too. Like, you think, like, I don't think, like, outside of San Francisco, do you think anybody would stop Buster Posey on the side of the road? No. <laughs> no. God, no. no. But that's even people I knew, like, oh, a lot of it, I think, for people is like, they like to see, like, the steps. Like, because in baseball, I feel like these people just appear. Like all of a sudden, like Michael Chavis is like, you know, for the Red Sox, like, sure, you don't see his build up. Like me and you talk about football, like, you know, when this guy, where, what high school he played for, what college he played for, like his coaches and college, you know, kind of their story. It's kind of like, there's no story to baseball. It's just like a, all of a sudden these people appear out of nowhere, it seems like, and they're just hitting. Which, uh, you know? which suspending the minor league baseball season, this that past season know. didn't do any favors either. No, but you just don't have enough car. Like, People, I don't know. I, I personally like seeing pe- people's journey through high school, college, kind of, or knowing their stuff. And you know, other sports do it very well, and that's why they're prospering. And you're dying. So, good Indeed. luck to baseball. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I just, I'll keep my fingers crossed, but I'm not feeling this at all. Nope. Let's move on to some football, Jeff. We had a massive trade that dropped during our live broadcast on Saturday. The Detroit Lions have dealt quarterback Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams for Jared Goff and two first-round picks and a third-round pick. So this this blew me away when this came through while we were live. And I can't say I'm surprised because it's funny. Like Earlier in the show, I talked about the fact that they were going to have to basically pay people to take Jared Goff off their hands because of his contract situation, you know, much akin to the Brock Osweiler situation a few years ago. And so it's pretty clear that that's what happened here because there's no way they would have gotten this haul from elsewhere. Now I know there are a lot of teams interested in Stafford and, you know, there were definitely first round picks. It seems like that were going to be available to, you know, to the Lions. However, this just is insane to me and basically just puts a lot of pressure on the Rams to basically 
they have to win in the next, you know, two to three years now while they have this core together. I feel Jeff, I feel like there's not enough negative uh, publicity around this trade. Like I, I saw, you know, longtime sports reporter, Bill Platschke on TV, like saying, oh, this is a great trade for the Rams. And I just feel like not enough people are down on this. What do you make of it? This is an awful trade for the Rams. They got fleeced. The, the Lions fleeced them. I mean, you're like, first of all, I don't know what the Rams doing. This is a big gamble to bring in Stafford. I mean, you have the core, like you said, they have to win. I mean, really, when you think about it, like Sean McVay might be coaching for his job at this point. I mean, he's had that one Super Bowl run. Is this his fault though? Or is this on Les Snead, like the general manager though? I don't know. I mean, he, he must be the guy that says he doesn't want golf. Get me someone else. Well, clearly, but again, like Sean McVay isn't, didn't sign that contract, you know, didn't give him that contract. Not the contract, but like, I don't know. It's hard to say because like, they, you know, for the last seven years, they haven't had a first round pick. Right. Oh, it, it will be seven years after these. Jared Goff was the last first round pick and now they won't have one until what, like 24 or something. Yeah. So it's just like you're hitching your wagons to this Matt Stafford. Yikes. Um. I, I just, I don't understand why this trade was made. When it, when it first came out during our live show, I, I was excited. I'm like, oh, because, you know, it's a trade. But when you really think of it, like, it, this one obviously benefits the Lions long-term, I'd say. Uh, oh, this is, I love this for the, absolutely love this for the Lions. Because the Lions, so in theory, the Lions wouldn't have had a quarterback anyway. And so the Lions are going to draft a quarterback. But, like, let's just say they hadn't even gotten Goff, Right they wouldn't have been competing for a couple of years anyway, because they're right. rebuilding the whole thing. So basically they're, they're paying you for, to take Jared Goff for two years. Cause after two years, you can get out from most of this contract and they can, you know what the funny thing too, the, the lions are actually going to be able to restructure this deal too. So when this becomes official in March, the lions will actually be able to restructure, you know, some of this, some of Goff's deal, I think as well, but this, I like this because you just throw in golf for two years and rebuild. And now you got two first round picks in a, in a third. I, I love this for the lions. I just don't understand it for that. Basically like the Rams position is that we could have gone to the super bowl. If, if we had a better quarterback. So basically I think they saw the fact that they got to the quarterback. I'm sorry. They got to the super bowl previously with Goff, you know, when they lost to the Patriots and basically think that this is going to put them over the edge because, you know, the team is pretty much intact. They are kind of up against the cap. They did get, when they got rid of Cooks, they somehow are actually able to keep Cup and Woods. But, like, I don't think they have room to do anything else. And I think they, they see this as their window with, you know, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey to to get to go for it, I guess. Yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm just, I guess it's at what cost. I mean, I don't think how this team is set up right now, and like you said, with their limited cap, this doesn't seem the the, the time to just go all in. I mean, I know with Donald and Ramsey, there, there's a small window there. Donald's not getting any younger, but I don't think Stafford gets you like to that like contender. Like we're not going to say they're the ultimate contender when we talk about it. You know, closer to the season, like you're still going to talk about Green Bay if Aaron's there, Brady. Um, even think, the Saints, if the Saints get a better quarterback, the Saints would be like, there's so many teams ahead of you. Stafford doesn't really move the needle for me too much. 
Um, so I don't get sure, it. Sure. Yeah. The NFC is tough. And I just don't know. You're right. I don't know if that puts you over. And, you no. know, I, I just said out loud two to three years, but I don't think Stafford has three. I think it's, I think it's a hard cap at two for that. Bad back 33 year old guy, with a bad back. Well, that's the other thing. You better make sure that he's protected, you know, and you really can't go out and sign like any, you know, big time offensive lineman or anything like that. Now, at least no. to my understanding, that's what I'm saying. I don't think this, this is like, this is really lateral because you're not, you can't add anywhere else to make this. I mean, obviously Stafford's a better quarterback than golf, but I don't, would you get like another win? Maybe like maybe another, maybe two more wins. Like, I just don't see it. Um, but I love it for the lions because now you have two first round picks the next two years. Like you said, they're not going to be in contention. So they're going to have a, probably a high draft pick and they'll probably have a middle, a middle first round from the Rams. So they're going to have, you know, four picks essentially. I don't think the Rams are going to do anything. So I'm assuming they're going to be a middle of the road team. So you're going to have a high pick and a middle of the first round for two years. You could load that team up quick, get a quarterback. I mean, you could turn this franchise around if, if this GM plays it right, which he's clearly doing a good job. So I, I have faith in the Lions. I do not have faith in the Rams. I don't like nobody wants to talk about the fact either, too, that you have a, you're going to have a, your left tackle turning 40 years old and Andrew Whitworth, who actually got injured this past season, also. Yeah. Like what? The fact that he's still playing. I mean, he I mean, he still does a great job, but it's just like this is almost unheard of though. That he's gonna turn 40, I think, in like December, like right before playoff time. Yeah. And he already got hurt and missed he missed a bunch of games, right? This past season. This past year he did, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know. That's absolutely terrifying to me. I just can't imagine like as, as you mentioned, you know, Stafford's taking a Beating shoulder back, you know, just countless injuries because he's played on such poor teams. Yeah. You're one hit away from John Wolford playing for you again. <laughs> right. But like, and you don't have enough to come back from that. If your team was stacked, like, I mean, not that this, but like, if you were KC and then, you know, Mahomes got hurt, Chad Henney could probably do enough to get you where you need to be. Like, he's not great, but I'm well, just saying, like, the, not to the, mention, like, if they have, they're very dependent on certain players too. So like, right. l- let's say Aaron Donald got hurt. You can just kiss it goodbye. Yeah. Like they're very dependent on certain, like, I don't know if they can lose any more receiver depth, you know? So like if Cooper cup got hurt again, you know, could, I don't know if they, I don't think they would be able to survive And that. And that's, they're very dependent on these star players staying healthy. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like it, you're probably, even if, even if, every, you know, even if the stars align, like, what do you get? Like another win or two with Stafford? Like Stafford is, like I said, an upgrade, but he's definitely, he, you're not, you're not going that much. Well, don't you have to, you almost have to like to gauge this though. Don't you have to win a Super Bowl since you went to a Super Bowl with golf? Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> like I, you set the bar pretty high when that's kind of how you've set it up now. Yeah. And it, and it, I mean, this is going to sound crazy and you could disagree, but say Jameis Winston goes back to that Saints team. Like, I still think the Saints are a better team. Yeah, perhaps uh, that's very possible. And who, they may even be able to upgrade that position as well. But I, I'm actually kind of curious about Jameis Winston, but, you know, we can talk about that another time. But yeah. yeah. But like Stafford to the Saints. If you were telling me Stafford went to the Saints for that, I'd say that makes sense because that team's ready to go. He's got everything he needs. The good, good, good defense, the offense. But this just doesn't make sense because the, the cap, it's, it's really come back to the cap and they can't do anything. So 
good luck to the Rams, but I think you're going to be nine and seven and very disappointed. We'll see what happens. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. There's, I'm, I'm just kind of looking forward to where the other quarterbacks, uh, quarterback chips fall because there's going to be a ton of quarterback movement. So we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, it's a good point. Let's talk some Super Bowl. So it's finally here. The Chiefs and Bucks will play in Super Bowl 55 this Sunday on CBS 6:30 p.m. Well, we're getting a little more clarity right now about injuries and things like that. It's, there's been a lot of unknown, especially since some of the game, well, since the championship games. And right now, spread-wise, the Chiefs are favored by three, which you know, basically at that point, you know, pick who you want, essentially. But um, we can talk about some injuries as well here, Jeff. But uh, before we get to that, who are you picking? Come on, I think we know. Yeah, I know you're picking the Chiefs. I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm going with the Bucks and Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to to take care of it. But um, let's get into this a little bit. So both teams have some players banged up. And then more recently, there's been a COVID scare a little bit with the Chiefs. And you and I, Jeff, are trying to kind of track this down a little bit, and it's a little confusing, but backup center Daniel Kilgore is on the COVID reserve list and fourth receiver or however you want to put that, uh, Demarcus Robinson is also in the COVID reserve list. So we believe this is due to, you know, contact tracing, but I don't this really doesn't make sense because we're not really sure where they got this from. So how did a fourth string receiver and a backup center get near someone? And there's nobody else that we're aware of. Do you, I know you have like a conspiracy theory here, don't you? I do. And I'll, I'll tell for the world to hear. I think, you know, we're going to talk about the big names, Mahomes, Kelsey Hill. I think one of them has COVID. Of course, the NFL does not want a, you know, God forbid, Chad Henney versus Tom Brady Super Bowl. Um, we'll just use Mahomes for this story. And I think I think he has it, or one of the, one of the big guys has it, and the NFL's hiding it because they don't want um, they don't want a negative shadow on this game. And you know, the, all the people saying, "Oh, why are we doing this? Look at this now. It's a tainted product. The best, the best aren't playing." You know, whatever narrative that, that's out there. So it's it just kind of strange to me that two players that don't play the same position. Both are listed as being high contact with this unknown person. So unless they went out to like a, a strip club together or something, I, I just don't get. And they're ruled out. Yeah. Like, so they, there's not even an opportunity days. for them, you know, like Sunday morning. There's not even, at least from my understanding, there's no, oper- they've, they're ruled out. Yeah. Cause they, well, they need 10 days, right? Cause it's even, even crazy to me that contact. you can't take te- like the, they're ruling people out for the super, like for the super bowl. This was wait Monday. Did they announce this? Yeah, because they and don't the Super Bowl is on Sunday. Like, I don't understand why you if you're not if you're testing negative just because you came in close. Like that could happen. I feel like then for anyone. And as you mentioned, like you're telling like what if somebody who wanted to like sabotage the Super Bowl, somebody just wanted to get close to to Pat Mahomes. It's yeah, I you know. never know. It just I feel weird like this because could be a little more transparent is all. Yeah, that's what makes me think they're hiding something because, like, they're giving you the information like these two are out because of this. But, you know, even the way they wrote it, they're like, they're out because of contact tracing. 
okay, well, where's the source? You don't trace unless someone has it. Someone right. diagnosed with COVID, then you trace their, you know, who they've been close contact with. And like you said, like I, I doubt a backup lineman and a fourth wide receiver spent a lot of time together that they got it that way. Yeah, that's a good point. Seems like a quarterback would, would be with a wide receiver and a lineman. But who knows? So in, in addition to that, um, they reserve linebacker uh, Willie Gay blew out his knee at, at practice. He tore his meniscus, and so he's also going to miss the Super Bowl. They really can't afford to miss many more players here, you know, especially as we talked about there. This is the thinnest offensive line I like, think I've ever seen in football. They The other players that are questionable at this point, Sammy Watkins has been nursing a calf injury. He's questionable as of right now. And then Le'Veon Bell, who's missed some time with a knee issue, is listed as questionable as well. And so we, we're not sure what's going to happen there. Let's go to the, the Buccaneers side. They've also had a slew of injuries. Thankfully, no uh, COVID uh, violations or contract tracing it with them. They've actually – so they got Vita Vea back for the game last week, but – they now have an issue at safety. So Antoine Winfield was already injured. didn't play in the championship game. He's questionable still with an ankle injury. And then during the game, Jordan Whitehead was injured. He's listed questionable with a shoulder and a knee injury, and he hasn't practiced in a while. Mike Evans has been playing with a knee injury. And then Levante David is is uh, on the injury report as well. This is questionable with a, with a hamstring, but He's apparently doing okay. And then Antonio Brown, who did not play either, said that he's getting close and he's listed as questionable as well. So I think the big names here for Tampa are the, you know, the two safeties and Antonio Brown essentially are, are probably the people that we're going to be watching the most. Uh, it's going to be an interesting week to find out because, you know, right now they've been, you know, doing a lot of their uh, media obligations virtually. You know, they basically don't have to show up until the day before, I think, or something like that. Obviously, Tampa doesn't have to go anywhere anyway. But it's going to be interesting to see who plays and who doesn't. What um, how do you how do you think that this uncertainty is affecting these teams, if if any? And then, like, which one of these could you think? Which one of these injuries do you think is going to be the most detrimental if they don't play? Ooh, that's a good question. So uh, most detrimental, see, that's hard because I, th- I feel like Tampa's defense, just if I could lump them into one, because I feel like Whitehead, Winfield, and David are, are huge for that. Um, I mean, we saw in that last game, I mean, Tom Brady was making the throws, don't get me wrong, but his receivers are dropping him. We know, we know the whole Mike Evans, if it doesn't help his stats, he doesn't go for it. So they right. really need that defense because if they're missing defensive players and you got you know, wide receivers out there dropping Brady's balls and you, you're missing three of your key defensemen, Mahomes is going to light up that defense. I mean, Mahomes oh, yeah. is going to sling the ball regardless of those three are on the field. But if they're not on the field, I mean, you're putting a lot more pressure on Brady. I mean, he can't throw it in, catch it too. Um, so it's not, not like nice, he's not. Nice Giselle reference there, by the way. I know. <laughs> Shout out to Giselle, even though I don't like you. Um, but I really feel like, you know, that, that would be a lot. I mean, it feels like an Eagles Super Bowl again for Brady. Like, he would have to throw for 500 yards again because. Right. Um, which. 
which could happen anyway. It could happen anyway, but it's hard because when they're dropping it, look at all those interceptions. He, I mean, the interceptions he had in the last game. I mean, one of them Mike Evans could have prevented, but the defense uh, yeah, a stood couple, tall. A couple, maybe. Yeah, even like, yeah. I don't know. If, you know, Mike Evans obviously has his history of things like that, but he, he is also playing on one leg sort of anyway. I, I think it is bothering him. Well, the defense stood tall against Rodgers and that team. And I mean, the, the defense was a big, for the Bucks was a big reason they won that game. I mean, they, they stood tall. So missing those, missing any more guys, that was up without Winfield. But I mean, um, so that would be massive. And I hate to see it too. I want to see all of them play, even if they're at 75%. Because um, I don't want to see some backups play and Mahomes take advantage of them. Because no one can stop Tyree Kill, even 100% healthy. So putting them on backups would be could be a nightmare yeah and you're I agree. like missing both safeties i think would be pretty much a, like a death sentence i think at this point yeah um, you already lit them up before this i mean tyree hill went off on them before this year when they both played right that was that game yeah. we went nuts and like was it the first quarter or first half or whatever like 200 yard yeah he like yeah he was receiving and that was with both of them playing so imagine them out like yeah, I would say, uh, oh, wow. you know, take your pick, but I guess Antoine Winfield, you know, being out, they they already obviously won with him out, but they did lose, you know, Whitehead during that, uh, the Packers championship game. So me personally, I think they, you know, I think they can win without Antonio Brown. They've obviously done it and, you know, kind of was an afterthought, you know, when the when the season started anyway, because he didn't join them until later and get act didn't really get acclimated until, you know, the second half of the year anyway. So they pretty much figured it out. So you know, to me, I think it, it's it's going to come down to Whitehead and Winfield, and you know, they won Whitehead has you know two injuries, <laughs> so I'm that not, shoulder looked bad. You could tell it was immediate. He was he was grabbing that shoulder. So you know, I, I think when you, when you're talking about a Super Bowl, <laughs> unless there's something broken. I assume they're going to be shot up with a ton of drugs and you're just going to try and manage this as, as best as you can. And so, especially with like an upper, so like a shoulder, if it's not broken, like you, they're going to give them drugs. I, I think, you know, as long as like these guys can, can run, that will probably be the the factor here as to if they're playing or not. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, you want a good product. Um, so you'd love to see it because even though I do think the Chiefs will win, I mean, I would love to see Brady win a seventh. I, I've come around and I'm not as mad as Brady on Brady anymore. I, I still kind of mad at him, but um, I mean, it would good. It'd be good to see. I would hate to see Brady for the for being a fan of him for so long to have him lose because he's missing half his defense and his receivers are dropping balls. Like I would hate to see that. It would crush me inside. Even though I don't think they're gonna win. If it's a good game and he loses, that's different. Um, but it would just, it would be unfortunate. So I feel like the chiefs almost are going to have like two game plans sort of for offense, because, you know, obviously you want to assume you're going to go about practicing like everybody's healthy, but if for some reason, like both safeties aren't in the game, like, I think that that definitely alters Andy Reed and Eric B play calling significantly oh, because yeah. you're just going to annihilate the middle of like, you're going to have like Kelsey is going to be, like running wild down the seam, at least to me, that, that that's what I would assume would be happening. So, you know, obviously you're going to prepare like everybody's playing, but you know, if one or both of those safeties are out, I think, you know, you're definitely going to adjust your play calling and the, the Tampa defense could be in for a long day. And that's going to put a lot of pressure too, 
you know, on the front seven, you know, like, you know, JPP and, and those guys, because they're going to be like fly, having to fly around and get, you know, get to the quarterback, you know, to, to try and, because you're not going to get like that, you know, that coverage that you're used to. Yeah. I mean, and JPPs look good. So, I mean, he's definitely they have issues at corner to. as it is anyway. Like yeah. Carlton Davis sucks. If you, I think personally. Yeah. Me too. And so. that, that's, that's what I was saying. Earlier. Like it, it, it's not, if, if these three are out, I mean, I, I put David in there too. I mean, I think he's probably not as important, not as important as oh, he is. I just, in Whitehead, but I he's think like, he's definitely playing. That, that's the only reason why I haven't really, like, I assume that he's playing and maybe yeah. I shouldn't, but that's the only reason I don't mention that, but you're hundred percent correct. Like that, that whole linebacker, like that's why they've been able to make up for the fact that their corners aren't very good. Right. Is, that's what I- is those guys like, you know, Levante, David, Shaq, Barrett, Devin white, Jason Pierre, Paul, like the whole front, like then even, you know, Indomitian Sue's played well. Vita Vea came back. Like that is might be the best front seven in football. They're great. And like, that's why, like, I know Brady, I mean, he deserves credit for what he did this year. Uh, don't get me wrong, but like that defense after like week, like six or so, like they've been, they've been lights out. Like you're there. Tom Brady did his thing, but like, you know, that, that defense has been great. So yeah, for them to get all the way here at home, lose those guys. It, like you said, Kelsey's going to run wild. You might not even be able to stop Tyree kill regardless of all of them play. So imagine adding Kelsey to them. It just, it'd be a Super Bowl You don't want to watch. Cause you don't want, I, I don't want to see Brady go out that way uh, not go out, but I don't want to see him lose a Super Bowl that way. I want it to be a good game. I don't want it. No, to be and, yeah. I want both teams something to be he can't control. Yeah. I want both teams to be healthy. Obviously the league wants both teams to be healthy. Like I want to see these teams at full strength just go at it. Like I want to see what happens here. I think I think it's gonna be a great game. Yeah, you know, it'd be I, a great game. Full strength. This game's great. And for whoever sure. wins is just. Uh, I know it's cliche, but they're clearly the best because these two, these two teams are great. Um, and it, it would be very entertaining. So, I would encourage everybody to, to join us on Saturday because we'll probably spend a lot of time talking about the Super Bowl on Saturday night on the live sports Saturday. Oh, yeah. We'll uh, we'll and at that time we'll definitely have some more some better clarity as well as to you know how people are progressing because I I assume that the these teams will be practicing later this week so we'll definitely yeah. find out you know at that point once we get the practice uh, updates. Yeah, definitely. On the local sports, which is brought to you by Lashes by Lauren for all your eyelash needs. They have a very special Valentine's Day promotion right now. $10 off henna brow, $15 off lash lift and tint, $20 off any full set. And for every $50 you purchase in gift cards, you get $5 off. Also, all appointments will be entered into a drawing. Five winners will be pulled for each prize, and that will be announced at the end of February. Lashes by Lauren is in Riverside, Rhode Island. Give them a call to book at 413-404-7400. Five five, or check them out on Instagram at underscore lashes dot by dot Lauren underscore. All right, Jeff, let's start with some Bruins, and we have some well, sort of injury updates from Bruce Cassidy. So, like, this is like the Walking Dead lately with with the injuries. So, Kasha, Debrusk, Grizzlick, Studnika, and then even Coyle had something in their Sunday skate as well. But from the information that we got here, and this is going to change a little bit because you have some information for us regarding their upcoming schedule. But originally, Cassidy said that the four players that have been out, uh, they were not going to be traveling. 
And so, Jeff, why don't you let us know what the good news is coming up here for from their schedule that's going to give these guys a little extra time to heal up. So the good news is, um, so they have their next series is in Philadelphia, which is which is this week starting tomorrow, um, and then their state the one that was for the Sabres supposed to start Saturday the sixth, in uh, the game Monday the eighth against the Sabres as well. Uh, both were postponed due to uh, COVID cases with the Sabres. Um, so now they're they got one one more series in between, and they have a, a pretty good layoff, which you get some of these guys back at least. So they'll they'll play Philadelphia uh, Wednesday and Friday, and then will they have like a week off? Essentially, is that kind of the way it's going to shake out? Yeah. So their next game wouldn't be till the tenth against the Rangers. So they're okay. going to have uh, four days. That's no. definitely some good news. At least a week, right? They're going to have five days off. Yeah. Okay. Because they play the fifth. They play the last game. I feel like. so. Five days off. That's a lot in in hockey world. That that could get a lot of people back, especially like Case, sure. who's been back out since the what second game of the year. I know he's been yeah. progressing. So, and uh, I guess DeBrusque is skating this week, which is also good. Uh, Grizzlick, I think, is maybe the one to to look at because he's had a few different injuries. So I, I think that you know that could be a little bit uh, unnerving, especially where I think they, as we know, they're the depth after what you have on the, on the blue line is not, it's not very deep yeah. uh, offensively lately. Everyone is kind of filled in nicely. I just, you know, I don't know how long you can sustain it. Uh, you know, certainly having a poster knock back this, this past weekend helps, although it's very unnerving because he continues to turn the puck over and it drives me nuts, but you know, they definitely could use the offense in the, the absence of these other players. And let, let's, you know, in that discussion, let's talk about what happened because on Saturday they were, were losing three, nothing to the Capitals. Ultimately they got a point uh, in overtime, but this, the same, the same thing kind of transpired here, Jeff on Monday when they played the Capitals again, this started out, you know, with just spotting the Capitals three goals. However, this time they actually came back, in one in regulation five to three. What do you make of the way these games are starting, but ultimately how they're finishing? So it's a little frustrating how they're starting. Uh, you never like to see a team go down three goals ever. So for it to happen, you know, multiple it is very worrisome because really up to this point, at least in my perspective, the, the defensive side of it has done way better than I anticipated them doing this early. I'm not saying they're same here. Like, not lights out or by by no degree, but I, I expected a lot worse. I expected you to have to win a lot of like, well, this was this game was five three as well, but like you're gonna have to win like a lot of six five games. Like it was gonna be high scoring because you were gonna have to. Um, so if these games were kind of shocking. Uh, I know some people were blaming Ras the other day, but um, overall, I mean, it's good to see them go down. I mean, even though they lost Saturday, you know, in overtime. It was good to see them fight back, and you know, Pasternak looked good, especially uh, on Monday. He had two goals that game. He had an assist on, on his first game back. So there's a lot of positives, even though they lost that first one. So I wasn't overly mad. It was a little concerned, but they were pretty resilient. So you you mentioned Rask on Saturday, but I, I want to talk about Halak on Monday because I thought he was awful. I actually wanted, I actually wanted him removed after the second goal because. They actually got one goal. As you recall, they got one goal overturned 
on one of these, you know, right. stupid offside challenges. They lucked out, but the, you know, that before Washington scored the third goal, that in theory would have been the third. And I thought Halak was absolutely terrible. Um, if somehow he figured it out. Like basically they were, they were losing three, nothing halfway through this game. And then Pasternak scored twice in a row, um, you know, halfway through the second and then into the third, then Craig Smith scored, Brandon Carlo scored. And then I think Marshawn had uh, an empty netter uh, to, to cap it off. But I, I love the way they're playing, you know, like the second half of these games, but like, can we not spot a team, a three goal lead? Like it's pretty crazy. Um, one, another bright spot, one we've actually talked about already is Trent Frederick, who's playing on the third line again. And quite frankly, that fight with Tom Wilson, which was an awesome throw down there probably is what turned this game around. You know, I know a lot of people, you know, don't want fighting in the game. And I think maybe sometimes people, you know, maybe overstate, you know, the momentum it can have, but I'll tell you what it worked because they seem to really wake up after that. No, I agree. It's good to see. I mean, he's been, I wouldn't say a surprise this year. I wouldn't go that far because you can always see his ability. Uh, but I mean, I've just overall liked his game. I didn't know he was gonna be a third line guy. No, I mean, he, he was a borderline third line. <laughs> he, he's pretty, you know, pretty entrenched there now. I'd say at least. Um, I always thought I mean, it was gonna be Corrali that was gonna, you know, be the be a, be a third line guy or, or, or better. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting Frederick to just jump into the third line like the way he has. Yeah, it's been, a, I mean, there's been a lot of good stories this year. I mean, I hate to say it because of how mean I was to him, but like Nick Ritchie, I mean, he's the dude's got eight points, I believe. Eight they're or all nine points they're power play goals. Like, no, I, I do want to give him credit. I, yeah, no, I get it. I want to give him credit, but you know, they a lot of them seem to have come on the power play. Oh, and he just sits there in front of the net like a like a slob and just which is what they need. For, what you know, I wasn't sure they were going to have that type of player on this roster. Right, so he I, has good, no finesse. He just sits. He just parks his parks his butt there and just waits for it. I mean, he's getting the deflection, you know. Right. But Mark uh, Mark Recchi made a career out of that. So. True, <laughs> very true. So he's been good. I mean, even Craig Smith. I mean, I know he was out with the first game of the season, but I mean, he's looked good. I was I wasn't very high on the Craig Smith signing. I thought like, why are we getting another third fourth guy? But yeah, he's played well. So overall, even these kind of iffy games, I wish they could bring the momentum, like you said. But let's let's not go down three zero. I've been very pleased with Brandon Carlo lately because I was a little bit hard on Brandon Carlo. Um, You know, the, well, if we split this season into two so far, the first half of that, I was pretty hard on Brandon Carlo, but his, his ice ice time has drastically increased, you know, being the, the second guy, second guy of, of ice time for a defenseman, if that makes sense. Um, And then, offensively he's contributed as well. He actually has two goals already yeah. this season, which you like to see. So they're, they're having, they're getting contributions from different ways, especially with these injuries that we just talked about. And so it'd be nice to get through this Philadelphia, you know, back to back here and, you know, have some time off and maybe you get a player or two back, you know, from the series after that, I think you mentioned with the Rangers. Yeah. It'd be nice. And especially the Rangers are in a little bit of a turmoil right now. So we are be good to jump on them while they're kind of figuring out their nonsense over there. But um, yeah, the rest would be good. At least we got a couple back. I mean, it'd be nice to get the brush back, see what you got. Like, 
you're starting to get lapped at this point, but like you're, you're becoming less and less important as, as much as these Smiths and Fredericks and uh, Richie's of the world as, as they keep doing well, like you become like that odd guy out really. I mean, you That's could be very true. And you meant by that, you mentioned the Rangers, uh, that one of the like sagas right now is with the uh, defenseman, Tony D'Angelo, who was already waived and nobody wanted him. So it, likely he'll be, traded in the next you know day or probably but probably be traded before the the Bruins play them in in all likelihood so yeah probably uh, hopefully the Bruins can capitalize on you know the Rangers situation pick up some points there but one game at a time so you know on on to on to Philadelphia this week Jeff yep It'd be good It'd be good games like they have always like they always are so definitely let's uh talk about some Celtics so one of the hot topics this year has been what to do with the Gordon Hayward trade exception. One player that came up recently, according to Sham Strania from The Athletic, is that the Celtics had expressed interest in trading for J.J. Redick, who's now with the, the Pelicans. I, I have liked J.J. Redick historically. However, I feel like you're like a year late on this. And I, I think it's finally starting to catch up to him. I think, you know, what is he 37 or something, Jeff, I, yeah. at this point, he's having arguably like his worst year. He's only shooting 29.8% from three point range. And it sounds like they're asking, you know, for the first round pick. Now, as what I, I hate seeing Danny like stockpile picks, you know, it was so frustrating to watch this past draft, but I just don't, I don't know if I'd even give up a first round pick. I, I really don't want JJ Reddick at this juncture. If you asked me last year, absolutely. You know, in any years past, I would have been on board with this. I just don't want to waste, you know, the, whatever $13 million that JJ Reddick is making on this trade exception. Now, again, the other, the alternative is like, okay, well, what are you going to do with it? You know, there's some other players mentioned like Harrison Barnes, possibly somebody like that. I personally have made it known that, you know, I was interested more so in a in a, a legit like power forward or someone like that rather than a shooter. But at the same time, obviously, I, mean, I, I think you can do both with what you have available. What's your take on on Reddick or any other uh, player that's either rumored or someone that could be moved that maybe you like? So I've, I've always liked Reddick. I mean, I think like now it is his age, his price tag. He just seems like a guy like right before the trade deadline. If you're like in the hunt, you go get him. Like I wouldn't give I wouldn't give a first round pick for him though. I'll tell two, you that two twos I would do. Yeah, but like so if Which you're is in a, nothing if, in this league, but right. that's usually what happens for players. Like if anything, like he's more attractive to maybe to other teams that as an expiring contract. But the thing is, like with with the Celtics, is that they had the trade exception, so he would be attract it's attractive for new Orleans because they don't have to match. Like they don't have to take any crap back. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. Like I'm kind of hot and cold. So I like JJ Reddick. Uh, I mean, he, he's still a pretty good shooter. I'd say. Um, but I, I don't know. Like he's, he just seems like one of those old, like in the hunt, like you trade to a contender when, you know, for something absurd, like you, you get more out of him then you should because someone needs a shooter getting to that close to that trade deadline. So I'd pass on him. So 
I'm with you. I don't know exactly who I want. I want a legit big man. Like I'm sick of this. I don't know about Tristan Thompson. Like I don't. I, I, I want, want Julius Randall from the Knicks. That's Julius that's who I one. want. I just don't that'd know when one. the Knicks are going to be sellers. Like at what juncture? Oh, like yeah. it, because things are kind of open. It's a very obviously it's a weird year. <laughs> uh, so I guess we you know the Celtics are even you know like what many like three and a half games back or something right now in the conference, yeah. like in the division rather. So like, I think it's obviously too early for the Knicks to, to abandon ship, but you know, when it comes down to the wire though, you're probably going to have to offer something pretty good to, to bring. Cause I'm sure other teams are going to be interested in somebody like Randall. Now, a lot of the speculation here is that they may, you know, divvy it up. And I, I think they could use two players. Although if I, if they went with somebody like, you know, Julius Randle, who is, you know, scoring tw- at least 20 points a game, I'm not really sure they have to go and get another shooter. Would, do you think, like, it's going to be largely dependent on what type of player they bring back? Like, so do you think that they could end up, like, just splitting this up for a couple, like, role players instead? Yeah, so, I mean, I would like them to get just a le- – I'd rather one legit guy than two average guys – how this team's constituted. I mean, you got arguably Jalen Brown playing the best basketball of his career, but like overall in the league, he's probably top five right now. I know he's no, not easily. Top five, no, you're absolutely not right. overall, but like right now, as, as, as we talk here, he's probably a top five player. Um, so I'm not really trying to add like too many role guys. Um, so. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I feel like they need some, they already have all these bench players and when, when healthy, that that's the other the other thing so let let's kind of like transition into that so as everyone knows by now marcus smart was injured in that lakers game and i I think the prognosis is much better than the way it looked at the time um so he does have a calf injury they're calling it a grade one tear and i'm not going to even try and pronounce the the act the the real word for calf, but a grade one tear of his calf. And so they're saying two to three weeks. So that's, I think some, some good news. Now, thankfully they're deep at that position. Although now, you know, Pritchard, Pritchard was out. They'll hopefully be getting him back. Kemba's back. So it's like they get a player back, they lose a player. So I think just to piggyback of the prior conversation, I think if when everyone is back healthy, I want that like, solid big man if possible rather than just add to extend you don't want to extend this bench any more than it already is like you don't want to be playing like 11 guys a night right like, nine. <laughs> yeah, like, so as we bring up this uh, i have a so I, I just i looked up i just googled trade rumors and one of the Celtics ones popped up so i'm wondering if you would do this trade ready okay. for it hit me with it so it's kemba walker romeo langford daniel tice Grant Williams and a future first round pick and a future second for uh, Aaron Gordon and uh, what's his name? Buchevic. Buse, Buse. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Pencil me in for that trade. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I said too. So sign me up that, for that right now. <laughs> that was on the inquisitor. That, I guess that's the trade trade scenario they have. It was from three hours ago. Ooh, I like it. Um, yep. There's also one for PJ Tucker from um, Charlotte. Uh, you could do, I, you could also do, I think, I feel like you, we've talked about this before also is maybe a lesser trade just for Aaron Gordon, who I'm also interested in. 
like I would ship a first round pick for Aaron Gordon right now. Yeah, and then if you got both of those for, for getting rid of that's that. That's a game changer. I like whoever the thing is though, the magic aren't terrible. Visitor, yeah. They're not terrible though. So like that's another one you get a wait on. Like but I think a lot I mean, of these, especially a trade even, deadline. It's gonna be deadline day. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. A hundred percent. Like I think to get and I'd rather wait for a deal like that personally. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you think you can only assume a lot of these teams are going to wait, like the Magic, you said the Knicks, they're probably going to wait to the trade deadline, look at what their schedule's left, look at their record and say, buy or sell. You more or less know the Celtics are going to make the playoffs unless there's like a monumental collapse. And so it's like, just wait on it. Just wait yeah, on like, it and see what other teams crumble around you. So we don't have enough. Game, like, so just because the, the Knicks are in last place, they're only nine and 13. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so. And they just smoked you a couple of weeks ago, too. Yeah. And like in the, the Magic. You can play. The Magic are eight and 14, but they're only three games back in their division. So, like, I don't like you can't be like, it's so early. like to, to move early. anyone, like, that's how you get fired if you're a general manager. Like, yeah, it's way can you imagine early. throwing the white flag uh, in fe- the first week of February? Like, you wouldn't what? have a job. No. You, know, you wouldn't have the job by the third week of February. I'll tell you that. But exactly, that trade would be, I would go bonkers for that. I trade. love it. I'm glad. Thank you for bringing that up because I, very rarely i feel like do i find myself liking those those like proposed trades like that like i almost always am like a hard no but yeah you can sign me up for that one yeah and it just makes me feel better i don't know if it like google geolocated me but i literally just said nba trade rumors just to see and it was the first thing that popped up was two celtics trades so i don't know if that means celtics are already throwing feelers out and that's what well, they're reporting people, on right now i i mean that's got to be a hot topic around the league right now because like, like celtics, I think, celtics heat Anyone that's available, the Celtics have to be like attached to in some way. I would think. Yeah, it looks like PJ Tucker. Like I said, Gordon. How old Gordon is PJ Tucker now? I don't know. I feel like that's a guy that's been around for a while. Because it's uh, he's got to be in his he's got to be in his mid thirties, right? He's with Houston, PJ. correct? Yeah. I I just I don't know. Like I feel like that's just. I don't know. It's not what, what I want. No, I like, I feel like those, <laughs> that's when you're like, I feel like that's a player that would have gone like to the Celtics, the 2007 team or whatever that want, like the James Posey's of the world. Yeah, exactly. Like that, like remember in another PJ, remember they added like PJ Brown, like, PJ Brown, like yeah. that, that's like a guy that you like at, like, I just, I understand like he, he's, so he's kind of like of that, like Charles Barkley ilk, like, the short round power forward. And they already have that pretty much with like with Grant Williams anyway, but not, not that I'm comparing them, but you know, PJ Tucker's uh, put in his dues in this league, but it just doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah. And and just not to keep this trade rumor thing too long, but there's also another article of um, Nick's looking at Zach Levine. So that means they could be buyers, not sellers. So. Wow. That's very interesting. I wasn't ex- see that Zach Levine has played excellent this year and the, the bulls are train wreck, but uh, I'll tell you, you know, at some point, like you got to do something for the Knicks, the fans there, because, but you know, as James Dolan is the worst owner in basketball and a terrible human being. Yep. So like, I wouldn't, nothing like surprises me anymore. I would be, I'll tell you what, he'd catch a lot of people off guard if he went out and was adding <laughs> in, instead yeah. of trading people away. I'll tell you that. Um, we mentioned the Marcus Smart getting injured in the Laker game. So we can talk about that. 
although they lost uh not a not a bad game especially against you know the cream of the crop of the league right now they lost by one and really had a chance to win the game they lost 96 95 i was very pleased with most of this game except for kemba walker oh my god i it's this is becoming a so i don't know if like maybe they need to sit him down again because this was tough to watch i it was jeff one for 12 Oh, for five from three. Uh, my God, I just, it, it's painful. And I know the, the problem is now, you know, I know smart got hurt in that game, but you're without smart and Pritchard. Like he has to play. They don't have enough bodies at this point, but uh, that was utterly painful. And quite frankly, you know, if I hate to say this, but like if Peyton Pritchard like plays in that game, instead of Kemba Walker, they probably beat the Lakers. And like that is an insane statement I understand to make, but in hindsight, that's the statement I'm making. Now Tatum and Brown were excellent, but again, there's not much when you know Daniel Tice and Robert Williams were like the next best players. Like, you know, that's what you're dealing with. What do you make of this? And ultimately, do you do you just take the positive that they were extremely competitive and could have won this game? So I, I go for the more competitive, of course. Um, it still worries me because, I mean, I was hard on Kemba during that Knicks game. It was his first game back, but I'm like, this doesn't look like a professional basketball player. Like, you, you're you're missing things. Now we're playing more games. He, I mean, he has his okay games, but he doesn't look like the same Kemba. Now I know he probably won't with that knee because I think that knee is It's clearly done. a problem because he can't even hit three-pointers. No, so, so like, that's he why. He can't, he doesn't trust it or whatever the reason. I don't get it. I, I think he knows that knee's done. This is this is Dustin Pedroia in basketball form, um, and he he knows the t- time's over. He's just he's on borrowed time. Um, that's why anything any trade invo- involving him, most likely. I mean, if it's w- within reason, I do because I just think there's something up. Um, thankfully, as we we speak on this podcast, they're playing right now. He is doing better. Looks like he's shooting three for six so far against the uh, Golden State. So that's corrected itself. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, for the we're recording this um during the Golden State game for anybody that was just confused or anything like that. But uh, there I was willing to give him some leeway, but Tristan Thompson is starting to to concern me a little bit. We're at the point now that you know Daniel Tice had to play 35 minutes in this game, and Robert Williams played more than Tristan Thompson, and deservedly so. Uh, Robert Williams was very efficient in this game. I I understand that Tristan Thompson is not here to to score really, but he keeps putting up you know like zeros essentially from the field. I I don't know what happened, but the last few weeks just have not been good at all. And so again, it just that's what brings me back to looking for a player like Aaron Gordon or Julius Randall to, you know, to, to fill that spot because they, they need someone to help Tatum and Brown at this juncture desperately. No, they definitely do. I mean, it's tough because I mean, I know they're only 18 games in things can change, but when Tristan Thompson signed with his team for what the two for 18 or 18.5, I was like, what a steal. This dude 
I thought we'd get like tw- at least 12 point, 10 to 12 points a game. Yeah, he was averaging a double-double last year. Right. I think this dude, unfortunately, I mean, the reason they probably let him go, Cleveland knows better than anyone. This guy who's got a lot of miles on his leg, legs. I mean, he's played a lot of minutes. I don't Maybe they knew he didn't have anything left in the tank. I mean, this could be a situation where. I mean, he's only 29 years old, though. Like, He's played a ton for them, though. A ton. To make, I mean, look at Kemba Walker, same age. I mean, can't I really do it. it. So a, a knee for a basketball player is sometimes a death or is a death sentence unless you can go to Germany and get that plasma stuff like Kobe. Um, so Teague is going to need to step in here because, you know, yeah. like Teague's been bad, too. Like he he's been, I would say, disappointing. Yes and no. Like, I think like he's certainly capable, but like, again, like, I think you knew what you were getting in that. Like, I'd quite frankly, though, I'd rather have Teague shooting than Marcus Smart just launching threes anyway. But I mean, obviously now you're, you're without Smart and Pritchard for, you know, undetermined amount of time. So you're going to be in, can Kemba's terrible. So like right now I would, be, I don't know, is Teague, Teague may very well start. I, I didn't see the starting lineup tonight, but like you're going to see, I'd like to, you know, have, I'm going to have to check the the minutes after this game tonight to kind of see, if, you know, how much more Teague is playing in what Kemba, because don't forget, they're still, even though Kemba's terrible, they need to limit his minutes anyway, as we've talked about. And Brad specifically has talked about that at length. Yeah. I think they already get, I think, was it like 28 minutes a game? Was that what it was? It was high 20s, I remember. I thought that was too much. For oh, a guy's yeah. knee who's so banged up. I mean, in some of the things, like, I'm not going to go too far back in time, but I mean, the fact that he said when the season started at, he said, Oh, I'm glad I get this time off for my knee to heal. And people were like, Hey, buddy, you had a, uh, you had a work stoppage for four months and your knee wasn't ready to go for the bubble. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? So, like, space and time has lost this guy, but that's another story for another day. But, like, it just seems like, that wasn't enough. He had to miss part of this seat. Like it, it, it just, that dude should be like 20 minutes a game, 15, 20. See if that knee can even do it. Cause what's the point of like, you don't want the world. If you're going to put him in a trade situation, you don't want everyone to see the dude can't play 25 minutes or 30 minutes a game. Like he's supposed to be an all-star. So right. Exactly. And they like, should just, figure out what, what they're doing with him. If you're going to trade him, you need to limit his minutes, like 25, 20, make it believable that he still got it other teams and then they can be his problem once he's gone but so he's just the first there's about three minutes left in the first half and he you know Kemba's got like 12 minutes and Teague's got 10 minutes so they're they're already kind of pacing each other at this point they've Javante Green has actually played eight minutes already in the first half so you can tell that you know they're obviously thin here well you know I Hopefully they can pull this one out. Golden State's a very interesting team because, uh, you know, they are sort of in like a transition period. But, you know, it was, when you get a first, you know, first overall pick, you know, James Wiseman's pretty hard player to defend. So, um, you know, th- I think this is kind of a tough matchup for the Celtics. Uh, so we'll have to see how this game shakes out here. Yeah, it should be a good one. On to the Red Sox. Some big news coming out the other day and, Sad, but also one that we were expecting as well. Dustin Pedroia announced his retirement from the game of baseball. And it was pretty detailed in his explanation. And it basically came down to the fact where he physically cannot run anymore. So he had a partial knee replacement. So he literally can't run. 
cannot. No one has ever played baseball after a knee replacement. So this is, and this is why the speculation, you know, in the last few months, somebody must have gotten wind of this because everybody knew that there was no way he was going to play. We're just waiting for the right time to announce this. But, you know, the guy had a hell of a career and we can talk about this now or another time, Jeff, but if you look at second basemen that are in the hall of fame, he absolutely belongs by who's in there, but you know, appreciate everything. Obviously he, he did, you know, for the team here. What did you think about this? So I thought, I mean, overall it was really sad, obviously. I mean, this was a long time coming. I mean, even when he came back for that brief, was it 2019? I believe he came back for that stretch of games. Like wasn't the same. I mean, he saw the fire, you know, I know this is supposed to be, you know, a derogatory term, but Adam Jones called him the little leader. Like he wasn't that same like guy. Um, so it, it, it was time, especially now you find out why, like there was no way he was coming back. Um, I thought this would happen a long time ago, but I mean, it's sad because I grew up watching him. I mean, he was like before Ortiz was here, you know, he was the guy, the rookie, you know, rookie of the year, MVP. I mean, he was the guy here, you know? So um, I, I, it was definitely time. Um, happy for me still getting paid so good for you and um hall of fame so we talked about this in the live show yeah we just we should have i'm surprised that he didn't come up but i've done some research since the retirement announcement and if you look at the second baseman that are in there's no way that he that he that he doesn't belong right so i'm going to give you both i told you because i told you my explanation on how uh, hall of fame should work so and what i think should be the real hall of fame i would say no because half the people in there don't don't but how it's constituted now the I problem too is you. the position though too like if that if that was the case like we would have like two second basemen in the hall of fame like it it, it's you know historically it's the it's the weakest hitting position on the field these are guys that typically don't have strong arms either that's why they're playing second base but like from 2008 to 2013 he was the best second baseman in all of baseball during that stretch. You know, he's an MVP. How many second basemen win, win an MVP award? You know, he's has an excellent gloves. He's got numerous gold gloves, but like, and again, like when I evaluated it, like there is no reason why he shouldn't be in the hall of fame. Like Bill Mazeroski has absolutely terrible numbers. He had like, he's a career 260 hitter. He's in the hall of fame. And if you're into metrics, there are seven, second baseman graded out lower than Pejoy that are already in the hall of fame. So, I mean, it's an interesting stat. I'm, I am, as you know, I'm, I used to call them stat nerds or I call them stat nerds. I'm not big into it, but I, I do take into account. The only thing I had, which was a good point I heard today about Pejoy and his hall of fame. Do you think for a majority of, um, so I'm going to ask you this question. See what you have to say for the majority of his career. Do you think he was even the best player on the Red Sox? Obviously not, but what? How many second basemen are? You're right. Go I mean, through that list. Even Robbie Alomar wasn't the best player on his team. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I just it's. I mean, I guess if you put it so again, this is why Hall of Fame is so skewed to me because I feel like it should be the best of the best. Like I don't want to punish players though based on the position. Like we're they we're play going either. my position. What's well, if yeah. you're one of the best players at your position? That's how I would quantify the Hall of Fame. If you like, it's so the same thing different. about like. I don't think we should be penalizing DHs either. 
Mm, yeah. Like, I, I mean, don't think Edgar Martinez should have had to, you know, wait. I, that, that one's some tough are, with Some people are going to hold it against David Ortiz probably too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he should get it. I mean, I, I, I can see why people are opposed to it at the same. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I just should, um, like just would say, if you look at the collection of garbage at second base that's already in, like, I think it would be laughable to exclude him. Yeah. I mean, it would be great to see. And I, you know, guy you I grew up watching to be in the Hall of Fame it hasn't happened yet. So, I mean, there aren't uh, that many second basemen that won an MVP award either. So, no, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be sure to be good. I mean, Craig Biggio got in. So, I mean, he's a compiler. Like the guy on. played for like 22 years, didn't he? Yeah. So if that guy's in, then, then, then Pedro definitely should be in. So I agree. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that at, at length. At the, length on Saturday, com- probably. Yeah. I think that'd be a good time to talk about it. Yeah. Not too much, out, you know, really going on with the Red Sox. Say, since we, you know, talked about all the sad signings recently, but uh, one player that caught my attention is their prospect Jaron Duran, who is currently playing in Puerto Rico in the Caribbean series. He's ha- had some highlight reel the plays recently, and both you know, defensively and offensively. And he was also moved into the top 100 prospects prospects list by the athletics, Keith law, which I think, you know, is also, you know, is worth noting that he's obviously getting attention from people, you know, outside, outside of Boston, essentially he's 24 years old. And to me with the speed that he has, I would not be surprised, especially if they don't bring Jackie Bradley back, that he could be playing center field in six months from now. I know you had a chance to review some of these highlights, Jeff. Uh, what was your take on on his play, at least recently? Oh, it's been great. So I was surprised he was even down there playing, to be honest with you. Um, but I saw a play today where on the warning track. It was, he he just It was just a hustle play. I mean, he's fast, but like went for it, dove, great catch. Uh, crowd went wild. Surprised there's even a crowd there, but um, so I mean, this is the kind of guy you need. I mean, you don't need a guy. You need a guy who's fast out there. I mean, he doesn't need the, the huge arm. I mean, a good arm's good, but um, and it it's looks a like, yeah, it's a center field arm. I don't think he, he can't play. He no. definitely can't play right in the majors, but it's no. fine for center. It looks like his. I mean, what I can see. I mean, I know he was in Salem in, in 2019. I don't know what he did last year well they didn't play uh, that and that's they the didn't problem. play so i didn't know if he played somewhere else like some other league like well, a, i think that's very telling though is that without having minor league baseball a lot of this development was on the players themselves so yeah. i think for a guy like this i think that i think that says a lot that he was you know without having a minor league season and that he's been able to you know play strongly w- with that layoff i i think that's a big deal and i think he deserves credit for you know being ready especially from my understanding that he had made a lot of adjustments to his swing as well. And so to take, you know, to take that on without having, you know, formal games, I would say that's pretty impressive for a young guy. Right. Uh, I would agree. I mean, his, so his last real season, 2019, it looks like he spent some of the year in Salem um, and, and in Portland, but overall it looks like he batted 303 with five home runs and 46 RBI. So I mean, it, it's solid numbers. I know it's a lower, it's not major leagues, but I mean, he's got a, doesn't have a ton of power, but you know, he's got the speed. 
If you so, look at some of his numbers, the triple numbers, it's pretty astounding. Uh, you know, he's for, definitely got wheels. There was a season in Lowell he had, and again, this is like three years ago, but he had 10 triples in 37 games. I don't think I've Holy. ever seen anything like that. The only thing that surprises me is that he doesn't is not more power. And that's what I think one of the things they were working on him with with his swing to have a little bit more you know, of a, a, like that undercut type type of swing, I think is one of the things they were working with him on. They should, because as, as that, I don't know where his name now, that Baker in, in, in New Jersey, that's always on the TV. That, that dude, Duran is huge. His arms are huge. They're, they're like 40 inches. Like he is a massive dude. You'd think this dude rakes. Yeah. He's you built like an outside physique. linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. He is a, he, he looks mad. I was, when I first saw it, cause I mean, I don't see very often. I was like, this dude looks huge in the replay in the, in the Caribbean league. He's playing. And I'm like, this guy looks huge. But I looked at Google image. And I'm like, wow, this dude must hit a ton of bombs. And then I looked at the stats, like five home runs in 87 games. Like what? He's like, built almost like a, those big, like prototypical, like, like shortstops, you know, like, like the Troy Tulowitzki, like, you know, like that's kind of the way he looks Yeah, that tall, strong frame. Yeah, so you're, you're, I'm surprised his arm isn't that good and he doesn't hit. But, I mean, he's still young. I mean, you're not going to fix the arm strength, but, like, you can fix the swing a little bit. Correct. Get that power up. Like, he could be dangerous out there, and he, offensively yeah, he, and defensively. He did grade out. He graded above average in, in power anyway. So, I think that, you know, that's obviously something that's good that they can they can work with. You know, I mean, not every guy can be can be a five-tool player. So, no. you know, in, in his case, it's it's the arm strength, but – you know, he's also getting still getting used to the outfield because I believe he did play some second base as well, Jeff, previously. So I believe he still is getting used to playing the outfield on a regular basis. So I think it's something to look forward to. And yeah. I'd not be surprised if you, he, you see him sooner rather than later, especially the way things are transpiring for the Red Sox right now. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, I wouldn't hate him seeing very early this year. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it for sure. I agree. Let's uh, check on the Patriots. And again, not too much going on. It's just a, a lot of rumors, but uh, some interesting news. Uh, Teddy Bruschi, who's been an analyst with ESPN for a while, is going to join Jed Fish at the University of Arizona. And so, as you know, Jed Fish was with the Patriots uh, most recently. He's taking over the program at the University of Arizona Teddy Bruschi, though, is going to be whatever a senior advisor <laughs> is, uh, in, is what his capacity is going to be. Now, obviously, Teddy Bruschi went to the University of Arizona. Now, the part that gets interesting is he's still apparently going to live in Connecticut and work at ESPN. So I'm really not sure what a senior advisor to a college football program does. To me personally, I thought he could have done a lot of good you know, being out there with these kids and, you know, working with them. I'm not really sure what he can contribute, uh, you know, on the other side of the country, but it is nice to see him get involved with a team. What did you think about this, Jeff? So I think he he would definitely be an asset to a football team. I mean, he just seems so stuck in the Northeast. Like he will not leave this area. Like he, I think he, I believe he still lives in Massachusetts. I think he travels again. Like he won't even leave last time I heard. So I don't, yeah, I think really, he still has a house in Attleboro too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like North Attleboro. He still lives. He travels all that way to, to the studio. I just, 
I, I think, I don't know what virtually you can do. I think he could be a great coach, like, you know, linebacker. I mean, I would love to see him on the Patriots coaching, but like he's right here so he could do it. But um, I don't really get what a senior advisor is. It's kind of like when uh, Adam Lynn demoted the special teams coordinator to an advisor or like, what does that mean? What are you, who are you advising? Like, is he, I don't know if he's going to do like virtual character, like character coaching for these kids. Like, cause I, I just, I don't get it. Um, good for him. I mean, I, I love Teddy Bruschi, so I'll never knock him. It just, it doesn't really make sense. You should you be there. Cause you could, like you said, he would have valuable input for these kids. I feel like on off field things, um, that can really propel them. So. Yeah. To me, like it almost like this story actually got a lot of publicity, but like when you look into it deeper, I'm really not sure it even should have gotten, it's almost like he's just like a consult, like a paid consultant of sorts. And like part of his quote said, I look forward to assisting coach fish in the program in any way I can, as we develop the next generation of generations of wildcats. But like, it sounds like even he, doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing. Like I, it just seemed a little odd. Like when I originally thought, saw that always, you know, he's joining the university of Arizona football team. I was like, Oh, cool. He's going to be like linebackers coach. And then I guess maybe his gig at, at ESPN is maybe a little bit uh, too cushy. I, I I don't doubt maybe he was, who knows? He could have been offered defensive coordinator for all we know, but you know, may, you know, maybe he's enjoying this and not, certainly doesn't want to uproot his family. I'm sure it has something to do with it as well. So it's cool. Maybe it does. Maybe it evolves. Maybe this is just his, you know, his foot in the door, you know, to get back, you know, into a program and maybe it evolves from here. Yeah. I mean, I, I can only assume with ESPN letting go on every, letting go on every, everybody, I, I bet you they're paying him pretty well. I'm wondering if he's just gonna, I wonder if Fish just wants him to like, here's game tape. Can you review this and see how we can exploit this? Like uh, defensively, like, you know, throughout sure, the season. Fish is an offensive guy. So that certainly makes sense. I feel like you're going to yeah. seek, you know, defensive knowledge, somebody right. that obviously is well-respected in both the NFL and is a, you know, alum of university of Arizona. So yeah, that, right. that makes sense. So you don't, you don't have to necessarily, if you're just going to be the guy that kind of gives them pointers, you don't necessarily have to be there. You can just relay Fair that enough. information yeah. to someone else. So I hope it manifests into something greater. Cause I would love to see him on the sidelines. I agree. Maybe I, and I wouldn't be surprised if that we see that eventually. Yeah. I love Mayo. I love seeing Mayo. So I, I he's done Teddy well Bruce too. And yeah, Mayo's done very well in a short period of time as well. Yeah, love Mayo, love Brucey. So there's really not much else going on, Jeff. You know, a lot of the rumors right now are basically is who's going to play quarterback for the Patriots next season. And, and then after that as well, it seems like right now the, the front runner is Jimmy Garoppolo. However, there's certainly, you know, other teams that are interested as well. You know, there, there was a rumor that the 49ers are interested in Kirk Cousins. And so, you know, Garoppolo along with picks were, you know, I heard were being discussed today, you know, in that regard, but so just because the Patriots are interested and, you know, that doesn't mean that nobody else is. So I don't think this is going to be as easy as the Patriots just shipping a second round pick and Jimmy comes back here. Something tells me it's going to take more than that. And I just wonder what the Patriots are, you know, willing to give up to get him here. You know, we've, we've talked about the other players avail until we're, you know, blue in the face, but certainly this one makes the most sense. What would you be willing to give up for Jimmy Garoppolo, Jeff, if you're the Patriots? So it's hard because after you hear that, you really don't know, you know, what it would take, but like, 
I'm giving up less than I would give up for Stafford. So I would have given up more for Stafford than than Jimmy well, G. See, I disagree. I, I would have gone the other way. I, I'm thinking like, th- like if you're talking two picks or you're talking one pick. Whatever it is. like So uh, quite frankly, if, if the Patriots didn't have the 15th pick, I would have given a first round. If this was the normal Patriots picking at like 28, 29, I would have given a first round pick. Would I, I'm very guarded with the 15th overall pick this year for obvious reasons, but um, I would probably, me personally, I, I'd either give a first next year if they wanted it or you know, like a, like a two and a three or something, maybe. Hmm. That's interesting. So I'm going opposite. So I, I, I think Stafford's better, way better than Garoppolo. I mean, I know the age is a difference, but I was gonna say like a three or a, f- a three and a four. I, I don't really, I don't Do really you think bo- that would get it done. Do you think that would even, they'd even entertain that? Maybe not, but that's not, I wouldn't, I, I would never, never not give up a first for Jimmy G. I, I don't think he's worth, I mean, <laughs> unless we have a pick, like you said, like 28, 29, like, if somehow we, but we're not, we're, we have the 15th. So I, I just, I don't think he's worth the first or a second. I, I barely said that Stafford, I, I would pick, I said I would draft that trade for Stafford if we gave him one second round pick. So I definitely would not give him a Jimmy G a first. So see, I think Garoppolo has more of an upside than Stafford does here for a few reasons. First of all, he's mobile. He knows the system already. He's younger. I feel like he he wants to he would want to come here. I just think there's a lot of upside to Jimmy Garoppolo. And quite frankly, the only downside is his health. I just think I think there's a lot more upside to him than downside. And I I don't think it's fair to criticize him on anything on the field there. I mean, look what he did in a you know a short amount of time. And quite frankly, I I think Kyle Shanahan is a problem and I know he gets a lot of credit, but I, I put a lot of blame on him for, you know, the, the failures of the teams that he's, that he's been on, but all right. So if that's not the case, Jeff, are there any players available via trade then that you would be interested in that are attainable in, in your, in your opinion? Not that I mean it'd be hard because I, I know the asking prices are going to be absurd. Correct, absolutely. If you're talking so to my point, future. If you're talking about futures with Jimmy, like a, a year or two down the road, I would consider it. I just like I don't think he. I think they're going to probably want their investment back soon. They're going to want Patriots' fifteenth pick. They're not going to want you know something. Not, I don't think they'll take the gamble on them being good next year with Jimmy G. You know what I mean? They're going to want this year's, not next year. So. That's what worries me, but um, I don't know. I really don't know what they're gonna do. Um, so are you more interested? So we we talked about we need they need a veteran, and then they can also maybe draft somebody as well. So are, are, are instead of trading for Jimmy G or whoever else, because the Kirk Cousins asking price is insane. By the way, Derek like, Carr. That's gonna, I mean, I would be interested. By the way, Derek. Derek Carr so well. Derek Carr. I heard that today. That's two first round picks. Is what uh, the Raiders are asking for. Yeah, I'd do that. You would give two first round picks for Carr and you. So, oh, I think Derek Carr is better than Jimmy G. Uh, there's no, that that's much even... better, health aside. So I think I you can negotiate down with it. I would give them at least a first. I'd give them one and a three. You're gonna have to give the fifteenth overall. So you'd give up the fifteenth overall pick and a third for for Carr. Did they say they wanted this year's first? I don't. I heard they want two first round picks. So I mean, if you're See, not gonna give to two first round picks, you're gonna have to throw it. Because I so. 
what I so then I'm out on him. What I want is that's the problem. So you're going to be a guy, and I want you to draft someone. So your bridge guy is going to have to be an unrestricted free agent if you're not willing to par with those draft picks. So do you like do you like Jacoby Brissett? Do you like Mitch Trubisky? Do you like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton, AJ McCarron, Colt McCoy? Like, do you like any of those guys? You know, I like a little Fitz magic. See, he said he was interested in coming here too. Uh, so, I, 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 Trubinsky or Fitz or, or Fitzpatrick, I would Fitzpatrick say. Patrick makes me want to throw up in my mouth because <laughs> that just tell that to me is just you're already mailing it in. Because I feel like with anyone else, there's more upside. Like I already know what I'm getting with Fitzpatrick, and especially the fact that they have no weapon. Like I would at least rather have Jimmy G like rolling out of the pocket trying to extend a play than Fitzpatrick standing in the pocket and getting a a coverage sack because there's no one to throw the ball to. True. So like, Depends I, how they, I hope they change the team, the new quarterback, like get some help in here, but you're like right. Much as rather, now. now, I don't know what the market is for Trubisky. If it came down to like a short, like a one or two year deal, I'm definitely interested, but I don't know. I don't know how desperate these teams are going to get, especially some of these like good teams, like the Colts and the saints. I don't know what they're like. They're going to be willing to give up way more than you are probably because they're, they're ready. They can to just go. plug and play. Right. They're, 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 they're yeah. So I assume Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback uh, in, in new Orleans. However, I know he's, obs- you know, Sean Payne's obsessed with, with Taysom Hill. I, I just don't think that's a lot. I don't think he can be a starter every week. I think he can fill in, but I just don't, that's not a guy that, I'm throwing out there for 16 games. I no, would much rather not. give Jameis Winston a chance with, with what they, and try and see if he can eliminate the turnovers that plagued him previously. Right. So it's, it's tough because with, with this whole quarterback carousel, we, we can go more into this on Saturday, but you know, you have, I want them to draft a guy, but you don't know who's going to be available by other teams drafting other people. So that there's just, I want them to take their, basically I'll, I'll say this, make it short and sweet. I want the Patriots to be smart with this. You know, don't jump. I mean, I, I don't want you to wait to the end. So you have to pick a Cam Newton. I, I don't want that. But at the same time, this draft has a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks in this place that, that could make other quarterbacks like bridge. Not that I want him, but like Bridgewater's Darnold's. Those people could be, you know, expendable depending on what, how this draft. So I would say like, hold tight now, unless you find the guy, like unless Jimmy G comes to a good price. And I understand the system thing that makes sense. Besides that, I want them to wait till after the draft and see where the kind of the dominoes fall. Um, because I, I wouldn't mind Darnold. Um, there's just I, there's I don't see any circumstance where the Jets would allow him to come here. No, I, I don't think. So. But I'm just saying, like, well, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, there, there's a couple people. There's a couple of teams that could be looking to offload. I would be interested in who they draft. So Teddy Bridgewater as well. Another so that's dur- tough. durability issue though. There. Yeah, that's true. I just. This is the time I actually want them to wait. Last year, I wanted them to, to grab someone. You know, I did not want them to wait till July fourth or was it July second to, to get Cam Newton. But I don't want them to be hasty because they were trying to make up for next next year for last year, excuse me, and and blow it again. So, we'll and I think it's certainly going to be contingent on what plans you have on what skilled players you're going to bring in, because I think that's certainly that certainly changes my mind as well. Like if they somehow were able to bring in like, you know, like, uh, you know, I've been talking about Corey Davis for, for a long time now. Like if they were to bring in Corey Davis and like another wide receiver, 
like I could maybe live with like Fitzpatrick for a year. Yeah. But like as Alan Robinson. Yeah, exactly. Like, but that's like my thing. It's like, I don't know how, how committed they're going to be to this coming season. So like, I, like, I just don't want, I want at least somebody that has a chance to succeed. And I just don't think that would be the case with, you know, like a Fitzpatrick or somebody. I, I, I would rather see them start to make some moves for wide receivers and a tight end. So we don't have to go too deep into this, but just a question because I I heard it today as well. Um, So there's a, I think there's Bedard on today. And he said that he heard rumors from the Patriots that there's a quarterback out there that said, I will play for, for you. He didn't have the name of that quarterback. So who knows who it is? What? Is he a free agent? He is going to be. Yeah. I, or he's I, I think. I think so. Well, I don't is, remember. He was. Like I heard Fitzpat- Fitzpatrick said he would play here. No, it was someone that they didn't know who it was. That is I the most ridiculous report I've ever heard. Yeah. He's kind of ridiculous, but he brought up a good point and I don't know how I feel about it, but he brought up someone like Gardner Minshew. I'd be open to that, but that, I don't know if that's really the veteran that you need on the staff. That's the only problem. No, but it just overall, it's like, I feel like if Gardner Minshew is here, you probably have to, you probably send Stidham packing and then you have nobody on the roster that, that knows it. Cause yeah. I, here, here's my thing, right? Let's see. Would you be comfortable with Gardner Minshew, Jarrett Stidham in a rookie? I feel like that's tough. So no, even though I, even veteran. though I'd be willing to give Gard, Gardner Minshew a shot, I don't think it fits in the way that they need to fill out the roster at quarterback. Cause I, I assume Stidham is still here and he'll be the, probably the second quarterback, probably the second. Cause my guess has always been that the veteran that they either trade or sign in free agency would be the starter and Stidham would be the backup. And then I think they would draft somebody somewhere between the second and fourth round again. Yeah. I mean, so I think it makes it a little complicated unless you bring him in on a deal where you can just cut him loose, you know, before the season. True. true. Well, this see this year is like a quarterback carousel. There's just so Crazy. much, so many moving parts. It's hard to really like who saw, who saw that Stafford trade come in. It's, everything's out of nowhere. So I guess between now and Saturday, our live show, I mean, who knows, who knows, who knows who could be off the board. So it'll be interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. We're we're keep a close eye on this. Jeff, did you have any final words at all? Uh, yeah, well, no, not really. Major League Rugby started started camp, so it's coming back. Um, so I know not many people are rugby fans here, but hey, if you're bored, take a look. Absolutely. When just a reminder for everyone, we'll have a very important live sports Saturday this Saturday night, eight p.m. to nine thirty or so. This is the night before the Super Bowl. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, we will be giving away a Kinfolks Barbecue $100 gift card. To be eligible, you just need to like or react the post that we have on our Facebook page. Can't miss it. There's a huge graphic. Just like or react to that and you'll be entered. We'll be giving that away live on Saturday night. So do not miss that. We'll have a lot of good Super Bowl content probably talk about some prop bets as well. We can talk more baseball hall of fame and Dustin Pedroia if you're interested, but I think we're going to have a, a big show this Saturday, probably our most engaging, I would say. Yep. Look forward to it. And uh, 
can't wait to see who's going to win that gift card. I'm, I'm jealous. I'm not, I can't be a part of this, but same here. Yeah, yeah so we'll it's, a tough, sure. it's a tough hit to be the guy giving away this $100 gift card, for sure. Jeff and I will make sure everything is above board and no shenanigans. No shenanigans. Thanks for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Wouldn't you like to get away? Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fire the cannon.